Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome into the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm your host, Joel Silverberg. Thank you for checking out the KIB pod brought to you by Field Pass Hockey. Fieldpasshockey.com and, of course, the Field Pass Hockey mobile app is available on the App Store and on Google Play. So be sure to check that out. That is where you can get all of your coverage, photo gallery, stories, live game broadcast. Field Pass Hockey is your leader in minor league hockey coverage from the SPHL to the ECHL to the AHL. They've got it all covered for you. Knoxville gets five out of six points on a three-game weekend, so not bad. The Ice Bears get wins on the road at Macon at home against Fayetteville and then take an overtime loss on Sunday against the Marksmen. But all in all, I think a pretty successful weekend when you look at Knoxville being able to now get two out of three on back-to-back three-game weekends. So Knoxville has won four out of its last six, four, one, and one in that span. So Looking pretty good for Knoxville right now. They come out of the weekend in first place in the SPHL standings and two points ahead of Peoria, two points ahead of Huntsville. Knoxville has one game remaining head-to-head against both of those teams. And so Knoxville in pretty good shape and the Ice Bears clinched a playoff spot over the weekend. So all of that and more to be discussed here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. So we have to go all the way back to Thursday, which feels kind of weird. That Macon game just feels like it was so long ago. But Knoxville starts off fairly well against Macon. I thought they set up some really good looks. They created some really nice chances from the slot. Michael Stiliotis made some big saves in the first period. But it's Cody Rogers, the former Ice Bear, who actually gets the only goal in the first 20 minutes. And I thought Knoxville played well for the first five, ten minutes of the first period. Jeff Carr, the head coach, actually thought that his team's effort could have been better. And Knoxville came out of the first intermission really quick. Got a quick power play goal early from Jason Price, who has been on a bit of an offensive streak here. And Knoxville quickly tied up the game. They took the lead. They were up 3-1 to at the end of the second period. And then ran away from Macon with a 6-1 win in the third, which I think was probably a nice relief for Knoxville after the previous couple of games that they had against the Mayhem. Uh, Last time Macon came to Knoxville, they jumped out to a 2-0 lead against the Ice Bears before Knoxville responded uh, with a a big run in the second period. They scored four goals in three and a half minutes in that game. And then the last time Knoxville went to Macon in mid-January, they went to a pair of overtime games and actually dropped the second one. So Knoxville has one more game against the Mayhem. That is the makeup game on March 20th which there is going to be a medic blood drive that week. So be on the lookout for the details for that. But medic is going to have a blood drive where if you give blood that week, you can get a free ticket to the game on March 20th, which is going to be superhero night. So be sure to dress up as your favorite superhero costume. It's going to be a lot of fun as we bring back superhero night as a promotion this year. And again, this is the makeup game from December that was supposed to be played at the Coliseum back on December 17th. So if you have tickets from that first game, 
those tickets are still valid. So please make sure to hang on to those tickets. If you need more information or if you have any questions, call 525-7825 and the ticket department will be happy to assist you. But those tickets for December are still valid for the new date on March 20th at 5 o'clock. So Knoxville gets the win over Macon on Thursday. They get Friday off from game action. And then Saturday and Sunday, two really big games against Fayetteville. The Marksmen had won nine in a row going into that game. And, and right now, Fayetteville just looks poised to take over fourth place in the SPHL standings. They're only one point behind Quad City with two games in hand. Uh, two games in hand over Huntsville, but they're still seven points back of the Havoc for third place. But right now, the way Fayetteville's playing, they could really draw some attention over the final month or so of the season. And and Knoxville has played more games than anybody else. They've played 42 games, which you do the math out of a 56-game schedule. That means Knoxville is officially three-fourths of the way through the regular season. They're the only team to be at that point so far. There are a couple teams that have played as few as 37 games. So Knoxville has a fairly light workload. They actually don't have any more three-game weekends. And that makes it, I, I think, kind of nice for Knoxville to be able to close out the season in that fashion. They don't really have any more midweek games. They have the Thursday game on March 17th, and then they play Sunday, March 20th. Other than that, every single weekend is just back-to-back nights. So Knoxville has, and it's a fairly easy travel schedule, too. You have a couple of home-and-homes in there. You have a road trip to Roanoke. You you go to Evansville again. You go to Birmingham a couple of more times. But for the most part, Knoxville's longer road trips. They don't go to Peoria again. They don't go to Quad City. They don't go to any of the Illinois teams. And they don't go to Pensacola anymore. They don't go to Fayetteville. So it might give Knoxville an opportunity to be able to recharge to a degree. Still obviously have 14 hockey games left to be played. So uh, surely there's going to be some 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 guys banged up over the course of the final month or so of the season. You can bet on that. But the Ice Bears at least getting to get out of the three-game in three-day stretch here for a little while after they've had four, their last four weekends, they've had three games each week. So a bit of a nice reprieve for the Ice Bears uh, coming up on the stretch. But Fayetteville coming into Knoxville had won nine in a row. They had not lost since they had last been in Knoxville when the Ice Bears beat them rallying from that third-period deficit. So Knoxville gets a, a big win on Saturday for Wiener Dog Race Night, and what an atmosphere. Packed house, full sellout crowd, specialty jerseys on display. You've got two of the top teams in the league going at it, and Christian Stead comes up with another monster night, but it's also the offense and being able to generate goals when Knoxville really needed it and, and getting it from a bunch of different guys on the ice. You have Andrew Ballant setting up Kyler Matthews for that first goal. You have Dino Balsamo scoring in the fourth consecutive game. And it's really just encouraging to see how Knoxville is coming away time and time again with key goals at key times over these last couple of weekends because they needed goals like that against Pensacola. They needed goals like that against Fayetteville on Saturday. And the Ice Bears responded in a big way. Brady Florent with the big redirect goal in the third kind of really gave Knoxville control of the game. It was 3-2, to two and Fayetteville got one back quickly. But Knoxville went on lockdown. And what was also really encouraging was how Knoxville got an unjust penalty against Stepan Timofeyev because Donald Oliveri gets tied up with him, and then Oliveri hooks Timofeyev. Timofeyev turns around, hits Oliveri, who dives, which referee Jake Liness doesn't see, but then Timofeyev wants to fight. Oliveri says no, so then Timofeyev gets slapped with two penalties, one for the slash, one for the delay of game, and now it's a four-minute double minor in the final six minutes of the game where Knoxville has to kill off and 
similar situation where Peoria hasn't had success on the power play, but then they get that late power play, and then they manage to score the game-winning goal, and then you've got Huntsville where, okay, they haven't struck gold on the power play yet against Knoxville, but then they get that late hooking call against Kyler Matthews, and then they score the game-winning power play goal late. And that's just, you saw that theme potentially coming where, man, it's a late power play goal on a call that is probably not correct, and Knoxville ends up taking the brunt of it, and it, in a way, it costs Knoxville the game. Well, that didn't happen on Saturday. Instead, Knoxville was able to successfully kill off the penalty, and then when Fayetteville had to pull Brent Moran, Jason Price gets the empty net goal, and Knoxville comes away with a win. So it's incredibly encouraging to see Knoxville be able to overcome that sort of adversity and get a win against a really good team. We'll, we'll recap the rest of the weekend, look around the league standings when we come back. What's coming up next for Knoxville? A familiar opponent that uh, really gave it to Knoxville the last time those two teams met a couple of weeks ago, so we'll talk about that and more. Uh, Three-fourths of the way through the regular season. You can tell that the playoffs are on the horizon. Knoxville looking to continue its recent stretch here as they are now on a five-game point streak, 4-0-1 in their last Five games, and of course, this podcast is brought to you by Field Pass Hockey, FieldPassHockey.com, the official source for minor league hockey. They've got everything for you from the SPHL to the ECHL to the AHL. Field Pass Hockey has you covered. We've got more hockey talk coming up next, right here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple app stores. So Knoxville closed out the weekend on Sunday afternoon against Fayetteville after that win over the Marksman on Saturday night. And Knoxville ended up taking the 2-1 to overtime loss. Too many men on the ice. And, and for me, I'm talking on the broadcast as if I'm not sure what's going on because I see that Andrew Ballant's possessing the puck for a good while and then eventually the whistle's blown. I'm not sure if Jake Liness didn't see it at first, but at the time, I'm I'm not sure if there was a change or what and then go back and look and becomes more clear that Knoxville had six skaters on the ice for a while and it took the refs a, a good bit to notice what was happening. So Knoxville takes a too many men on the ice call late, which negates a Knoxville power play. So we're skating four on four for the rest of regulation or well, all but about 20 seconds of regulation. And then Knoxville has to kill off the first few seconds of the penalty. But then Fayetteville gets to begin the overtime period on the man advantage. They're able to get a man in front of the net, redirected shot. It goes past Evan Moyes and into the net. So Fayetteville won just 25 seconds into the period, and the Ice Bears really never got an offensive opportunity. And it's unfortunate because it's a mistake that you, you can't really point fingers at the refs about. You know, it's a clear penalty. And, you know, Knoxville now has lost three of its last four home games, and all three of those losses have been with a game winning goal being scored in the third period or in overtime on a power play. Close games, too, where that tie breaking goal is scored on the man advantage. And, I think it's frustrating for Knoxville just to have that happen when you consider how much pride the Ice Bears typically put into their penalty kill. The Ice Bears are third right now in penalty kill percentage, and that's normally an area where they are far and away leading everybody else. And so uh, Knoxville is still trying to correct some things, I think, on special teams. The power play has been 
progressive lately, and the Ice Bears got a big power play goal uh, when they were able to draw back-to-back penalties about 17 seconds apart, and they took advantage of the five-on-three with Anthony McVeigh getting a nice rebound goal to tie that game, which ultimately got, got Knoxville a point. And when you consider how well Brett Moran was playing in net, I think that's a pretty encouraging way to get a point. And it has to make you wonder about just the team moving forward is, okay, penalty kill. It's It's got to be better in certain areas. And and so, sure, third in the league is still good, but in crunch time situations, I think a, a lot of people inside that locker room are understanding that they've got to be better on the penalty kill. And I talked to Anthony McVeigh about that during his intermission interview on Sunday, and, and he talked about how much pride he takes in being on the penalty kill and how he's been killing throughout his entire career. And it, it's a unit that really helps that team win games. And so you saw it, the difference on... Saturday and Sunday, and and sure, you know Fayetteville had a lot of power play opportunities, and you know it's it's tough when you look at one goal on the weekend being the difference. But sometimes in those low scoring games, your penalty kill has to be perfect. And on Saturday, it was perfect, and it allowed Knoxville to come away with a huge win against Fayetteville. And on Sunday, they gave up one power play goal, and it ended up being the game winner in overtime. And so can't put all the blame on special teams. Knoxville had opportunities and regulation to potentially win that hockey game but it, it's still something that when you get into crunch time and you get into playoffs that's one area that you can look at that if you're if you're able to shore that up it's just one less thing you have to worry about as you're trying to make it through the postseason so Knoxville gets five out of six points on the weekend and, and after seeing that four game skid Knoxville's now got a five game point streak going and I think that's encouraging is you get ready for a big weekend against Roanoke and Roanoke right now you know, they lost a couple of games to Pensacola over the weekend. They bounced back in a big way with a 6-2-2 win on Sunday. So they dropped two of three, uh, got three out of six points in three games against the Ice Flyers. But the last time Knoxville played Roanoke back on February 5th, uh, Roanoke was all over that game. And yeah, it was tied in the third period, or it was tied late in the second period before an awkward bounce gave Roanoke the late lead. And then Knoxville had chances and then just a bad bounce in the third period. And then Knoxville's having to press. They take penalties. They give up a couple of power play goals. It's all unfortunate, but still it's, it's a series so far this year where Roanoke and Knoxville have met three times. And Jeff Carr would probably argue that Roanoke has been the better team in all three games. And yet Knoxville has two wins against the rail yard dogs this year. So it's, a matchup that has been difficult for Knoxville. Rodebush has played really well in all three of his games against the Ice Bears. And so these are two tough games coming up. Despite Roanoke being seventh in the standings and having lost eight of their last 10, these are not going to be easy for Knoxville. And I think it's really important for Knoxville too, just because you've got Peoria that kind of gets the benefit of getting to play Vermillion County with all due respect to the Bobcats. But, you know, Peoria has games against Vermillion County and Evansville coming up. And those are matchups that they have kind of dominated this year. Huntsville gets to host Pensacola, which Huntsville's kind of had Pensacola's number this year. And then on Friday, you've got Huntsville heading to Macon. And so you get the other two teams that is fighting with Knoxville right now for first place. They kind of have what appears on paper to be a less competitive week. Whereas Knoxville has a really tough weekend with two games against Roanoke at home. So uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's the time of the season where Knoxville is leading in the standings, but the two teams behind them have games in hand. And so you need to make sure that you can control what you can control to try to ensure that you don't fall back to second or even third place, potentially, if both of those teams continue to stay hot as they have throughout the entirety 
of the season. Of course, Huntsville took a loss to Birmingham on Sunday in regulation. So Huntsville now sitting in third place, which uh, has not happened in quite some time. Peoria in second, both teams two points behind Knoxville, but Peoria with two games in hand over the Havoc. Of course, uh, those two teams, I believe, will play two more times before the end of the regular season. Peoria is on a 17-game point streak. They're 15-0-2 in their last 17 games. So Knoxville has Roanoke coming up this weekend, sitting in first place. Knoxville clinched a playoff spot. They are the only team in the history of the Southern Professional Hockey League to appear in each President's Cup playoffs throughout the history of the league. And, of course, Knoxville's history goes back beyond the SPHL. They also made the playoffs in both seasons before the Southern Professional Hockey League was formed. Uh, Peoria sits two points back with three games in hand. Huntsville, a game in hand over Knoxville, but two points back. So can make the argument that the two teams are even there in terms of point percentage. Uh, Quad City is six points back of Huntsville in fourth place. Fayetteville, one point back, but with two games in hand over Quad City in fifth place. Pensacola and Roanoke, this is where the gap widens up. So Fayetteville has 55 points. Pensacola and Roanoke have 43. All three of those teams, Fayetteville, Pensacola, and Roanoke, have played 39 games. Evansville is four points back of Roanoke, but they've played 40 games. Birmingham and Evansville have both played 40 games. And after this recent stretch here, Evansville has lost four in a row. Birmingham has won six of its last 10. They're just nine points back of Evansville. And so they've closed that gap a little bit. Now, 16 games left in the season. Time is not on Birmingham's side, but that could be a little interesting race between those two teams if Birmingham is able to continue stringing wins together and if Evansville doesn't start stringing some wins together very soon. Macon and Vermilion County have both played 37 games. Macon is 15 points back of Birmingham. Vermilion County uh, has lost 18 in a row. They've got 11 points on the season. So the Ice Bears sitting in first place for the time being. Of course, a big weekend of hockey coming up as uh, Knoxville is going to have its hands full with the Rail Yard Dogs. Peoria taking on Vermilion County and Evansville. Huntsville takes on Pensacola and Macon this weekend. I appreciate you checking out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. They have you covered from the SPHL to the ECHL to the AHL, whether it's live game broadcasts, blogs, game recaps, photo galleries, you name it. They've got it for you when it comes to minor league hockey at Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com, and the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available for free on the App Store and on Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. We will have the coverage for you for both games this weekend on Hockey TV and MixLR.com slash Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Until next time, you've been listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.